Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. It'll be even better, but uh, I am happy to be alive. I'm thankful for life and and my wife and having her been married over three years and have our son who's over a year and it's good to have my family here destiny and stephanie love you guys and uh thankful for my pastor and giving me this opportunity uh it's kind of i guess it's kind of a tradition that you preach on your birthday so i wasn't too sure if i was going to because he didn't ask me for sure till yesterday but i just kind of figured so um i had a little something ready anyways but uh, I am thankful to be here on this Sunday morning. Uh, if you would stand with me, I'm, we'll go ahead and get in our scripture today. Um, I don't intend on being too long today, so if you preach with me, if you get with the word today, we can, we'll get where God wants us to go, I believe. So if you want to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 14, I'm going to have another passage of scripture to read after that in the book of John in chapter 13. So if you want to go ahead and kind of have that in your mind for after this, that's where we'll be going next. But when you get to Luke chapter 22, verse 14, why don't you give me an amen, and I'll start reading. All right. So it says, And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, He, if you you didn't know, this is Jesus with desire I have a desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And then if you would turn to our next bit of scripture in John chapter 13, and you'll find these all conveniently on the screen for you. And that's starting in verse 21, and I'm just going to go ahead and start reading. And it says, When Jesus had thus said, He was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you, one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples look one on another, another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was... Leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples, whom loved Jesus, Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. So if you would, let's go ahead and pray and and ask God to speak to us today and ask Him to have His will in this service. 
Lord, we are so thankful for this opportunity, God. There's no place, there's no way, there's, there's nothing more that I, I would rather do, God, than to do what you've called me to do. Lord, I ask that you would bless this word, that it would, that it would touch and reach just someone's world and reach someone's heart today. God, I ask that you would use me, Lord. I, I pray, God, that you would help me speak and teach the way you would want me to teach today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, before I get too far into this, uh, I'm going to be preaching on the topic today of, Do you want my leftovers? Now, once you say that to your neighbor, once you ask him, say, do you, want, do you want my leftovers? Now, I know that's kind of an interesting title, so what greater thing to start off speaking about other than leftovers? Now, understand, now I understand today that leftovers to some of you may be one of the most disgusting things on the planet, okay? After it's done off the dinner table and all the dishes are washed, you would rather throw it away than stuff it in Tupperware and keep it in the fridge, all right? Anybody like that? Anybody dislike leftovers? Oh, wow, I'm surprised. I figured at least one person would dislike leftovers, but that's good. I'm glad no one does, because I, I, many of you, I guess, are like me. I like leftovers. Yeah. I mean, not only did I get to enjoy it once, but I get to enjoy it again. A lot of times leftovers for me is taken in Tupperware to work and I get to enjoy it on lunch. I love leftovers. I love having leftovers for lunch. I could eat leftovers for dinner. Um, if you would, just for a second, agree that I think chili that has sit overnight in the fridge is better than when you first prepared it. It allows time for, for those spices to mingle and really get to know each other. You know, chili spices are kind of shy when you're in control of the heat. It's kind of like if you set up two of your friends that you know are compatible on a date. You know, just imagine with me. You've got your pal Red Pepper Flake and, and your pal Cumin. Maybe you're pressuring them too much to really get to know each other and mix together. But if you just let them cool down in the fridge overnight, they'll really find and realize they're compatible. And then the next day, when you... Put with a little heat in the microwave, comes out, and you got a really good tasting chili. So that's kind of how I imagine it happens. They're having like a little, like singles meet in the fridge, and they're all getting together and becoming friends. And it tastes better the next day. That's what's going on in there. I, I, I promise you. And also, there's one other leftover that I think is famous, just as famous as chili. Something very common is pizza. All right? I love opening the fridge seeing a Domino's or Pizza Hut box and, and, and thinking there's three or four slices of a cold pizza in there and just pulling it out and just eating it right out of the box. There's nothing better than that, all right? Now, sometimes I warm it up, sometimes I don't. But I really wish that cold pizza was a menu item that you could get at a restaurant. I really think they could profit from something like this. Uh, or maybe even make it like a secret menu item. Maybe, maybe you pull up to your five-star elegant pizza eating establishment like Pizza Hut and, and the waiter comes over like, good evening, sir. I would like, we'd like to know what you'll be having tonight. And, and you'd be like, yeah, because the guy at Pizza Hut's French, okay? And, and then you, you're like, yeah, I'll take your most aged bottle of Diet Coke and your finest slice of pepperoni de la fridge, please. <laughs> Meaning you want cold pizza from the fridge. And that would be a hit, in my opinion, okay? If they would serve leftovers... Not only would they save money, but I believe they would attract more people because you could make it discounted, you know, have yesterday's meal today for half price. 
I think it's a good option. And I I don't want to talk too much about leftovers because that's not really exactly what we're talking about today. But But the world has sometimes made a negative connotation surrounding the topic of leftovers, but not for anyone in here because we all just laughed about them. But we find leftovers in the Bible, if you would, for just a minute, in the story of Thomas. Anybody know of Thomas? Many people would call him Doubting Thomas. And you find that in John chapter 20, and verse 24, which I will read some scripture to you. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. But after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. You know, is it really okay to label one man for basically in eternity as a doubter, when surely if I find my, found myself in the same place as him, would also be asking the same kinds of questions? I believe he's extremely relatable as, as if I found myself and the disciples talking about how amazing it was to see Jesus resurrected with the scars on his body for, from the crucifixion. I would be asking the same questions. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That was Jesus' reply to Thomas's statement about wanting to see for himself. It was... Jesus, after the resurrection, after his proclamations of a coming time that the Son of Man must be glorified, a time the disciples seemed to not understand was coming. Pointing back to the words of Jesus to Judas in John, that thou doest do quickly, speaking to him about betraying him. The disciples thought that was talking about Judas to go out and buy things for the poor to spend the money that they had. But it was really about the betrayal that was to happen. It was about bringing on the crucifixion, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Something the disciples didn't understand was on the way. Now, what leftovers are you talking about, preacher? You may be wondering and thinking today. I am speaking of the wounds after the resurrection. See, Judas didn't get to see the wounds Jesus carried for even someone like him. The only leftovers that he got was the sop. Although what was taking place in the betrayal was happening to bring forth the will of God, Judas did not have to be satisfied with just the sop. But if he had continued on, he could have had the scars after the resurrection. But instead, the last taste of Jesus he had was the leftovers of the Last Supper. The supper in which Jesus presented bread as his body and wine as the blood of the New Testament. 
the blood which he shed for their sins. Judas was only a few days away from the fresh, true, redeeming blood of the New Testament. But instead, it happened to be a field of blood that was Judas's burying, burying ground. It was men like Thomas who got to see what Jesus has to offer after he had been crucified and feel the scars on his body that were there for him and us. Jesus was a statement standing before his disciples of the days to come. The days after the upper room, the days after revival, the hard days where they would be spit on, where they would be stoned, where they would be, they would be hung and even boiled. But Jesus was saying, here is my leftovers from Calvary. What I bled for, what I was beat for, it was so you could believe. Jesus was saying, I've been through, and because I have overcame, you can as well. Instead of sipping or sopping what others have prepared, Jesus was saying, my leftover scars is your key to something new from heaven. While I'm physically wounded, you can be spiritually whole. That was Jesus' life. He lived to teach and then to come forth in the moment the Son of Man would be glorified where He was beaten and He was crucified for our sins. How many know it was, the, it was this meeting, it was Judas and Jesus meeting that brought forth the new wine, the new thing to be poured out in the New Testament. Jesus' Spirit to be brought about. And when Thomas and Jesus come together, when Thomas wanted to see for himself, when he wanted to feel the scars and feel the, the cut in his side, it was this meeting, it was the instructions that Jesus said to Thomas that brought about the new thing, that brought about fresh wine from heaven. And I believe today it is the formula that we can use to reach our world. After loss, after pain, after addiction, after depression, our bodies can become wounded. But it is with these testimonies that we have been given the power to show the leftover scars to those who need a cause to chase or need something to deliver them from this world. You see, life is hard and to live a good life till death is great, but there's a greater will in living after death. We didn't just come to God to kill our flesh and to secure us a spot in heaven, but we've come for a greater life. And I believe that a more abundant life that Jesus proclaimed He had come to give us is a giving life. The Bible says in a very popular verse in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it shall be given unto you good, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Running over is abundance. We can't have abundant life unless we give our life. That, that is the absolute truth. We cannot have running over unless we are giving so we can be filled. So, what's the point if we are not giving to the brokenhearted, if we're not preaching the gospel to the poor, to the blind, and to the lame. And, and I believe the wounds we have aren't only to grow us, but also to grow others. I, I haven't been every, through everything I've been through just so I can heal from loss and, and I can confront grief. 
But I, I stand here before you today saying, if not me, then who? If, if I can't go through it to help somebody else, then who is going to do it? Thomas was shown and blessed because not everyone gets to see and believe as Thomas did. Not everyone had that opportunity as the disciples and Thomas did to see Jesus as he was after the resurrection and to be able to physically feel his scars from what he had been through. I, I believe that God was speaking prophetically into the mission that he called us and them for. Because you have seen, I, I have seen, we believe so now that so we can show others so they can see and they can believe. Because I, I have been in prayer and I have felt God and I have no doubt that He is 100% real. And because He has allowed me to feel pain and to feel things in my life, I know that I'm alive and that He is real. And I can show that to others and help them also see and therefore also believe. Because not everybody gets the opportunities that we have. Not everybody gets to go through the things with the assurance that Jesus is always on our side. That is why it is important and critical for us in this time, those who have felt the loss, those who have felt the pain, those who have been hurt and been through things to understand that it is our job to show the brokenhearted and show the poor and show the hurting that Jesus is real and to help them believe. Our wounds are our connection to bring in the lost. That is, that is the premise of the message I am preaching today. It is the leftovers of the hurt in our lives, the pain in our lives, that just as Jesus stood before the disciples and Thomas, those who had doubted, and showed himself in the flesh, scars that were real and pain that he really went through, they were able to believe and, and see and know that God was who he was saying he was. I've come to tell somebody today that you're not broken, you're just connected. That you're not hurting, you're someone else's healing. Your healing is on the way, your joy is going to come back. That is the assurance that we have as believers who have felt God in this church and had revival in this church. And it is that mentality that we need to pass on to those who have not got to see like we have seen, who have not been through everything we have been through in this church. It is the assurance that we have in Jesus Christ that we need to help pass on to the world who may not feel the same way. Pain is not just to remind us that we are alive, but to remind us that we are human and that we need God. I'll tell you today that I, I feel that I didn't lose my mother and my sister just to have scars, but also that those scars could help others believe. Because every single one of us have been through something. Some maybe... I'm not, I'm not going to compare scars today because we all have them. We all have things that hurt and, and things that, that get to what I've mentioned many times, our spiritual heart, and, and break us up and, and remind us of all those bad times in our lives. But we've got to understand that those is what help us see who God really is. It's in those moments when you're, you're tried to turn away you can get closer and see even further and see even deeper and reach even deeper. It's, it's not just to hurt us. It's not just to take things away from us, but it's to remind us that we've got to get as close to God as we possibly can be. I mean, Judas, he, 
He was as close to God as anyone could get. He was one of the twelve disciples. And it was the sop that was the last taste of Jesus that he had on earth. When if through a moment of trying and a hard time in his life, if he had persisted, he could have got to that New Testament blood that Jesus was preaching. I don't want to be just satisfied with one little taste. I want to get to that New Testament refreshing blood that Jesus was preaching. That is what I want to have flowing in my life. I want these leftover wounds from the hurt that I have experienced in this world to help me reach and to teach people about how Jesus can make us whole. And I know this may have not been some crazy Message, But this is the truth of the moment we are in right now. We all have felt pain. We all have felt hurt. But it is these scars that remind us who we need. And that is Jesus. It is in, it is in these moments that we have a choice. That we can stay in the pain and stay in the hurt. Or we can get closer to God. And we can get closer to His throne. And we can feel Him heal us and reach us and help us. As I, something I would like to repeat is you're not broken, you're connected. Because things have been hurting in your life, because things have been broken in your life, now you do have scars, now you do have pain, but that also connects you to someone else in the world who has been through the same thing. You now have a position that you can preach from to help someone's heart, someone who is in need. Because we have the blessed assurance. We know that. I know that it may take a long time, but my healing is on the way. I know that it may not always be when I want it to come, but, but I know I've got joy that is coming my way. And it is that mentality that we have got to use to help us reach and to teach the lost so they can know that their pain is only for a moment, but Jesus can help them reach an eternal place, a refreshing with His blood and a refreshing of His Spirit to take them somewhere they could never imagine that they were ever going to go. I, I, I'll tell you that pain, everyone is going to go through it. Everyone is going to have some type of it. No matter what it could possibly be or what avenue it may come through. But that's just because we're all flesh and bone. And that's because we all get attached to things. We all connect to things. And it is when we lose those connections and have those hurts that we really understand that we need God. That we need Him to help us. And it's after that loss. It's after that pain. It's after that addiction when our bodies become wounded. It is with these testimonies that we have been given the power to show our leftover scars to those who need a cause. Life is hard. It's hard to live a good life. But when we die to our flesh, there is a greater will in living after that death, in showing people that I made it so you can make it. Just as Jesus was doing to his disciples, showing them that even after a crucifixion, even after what they did to him, that there is a greater will for even them. That there was a greater will for him after that had happened. Now, today I, I said exactly what I wanted to say when I come to this pulpit. Something that is very fitting for, for my life. This was something that I, I wrote this down. I wish I 
I had saved the date that I wrote this down, but it was shortly right after August 2nd had occurred in my life. And I understood that even though it was going to take time, and I still do in this moment, that there was going to become a, a blessing. There was going to become a healing that was going to help me reach others. And that's what I'm trying to say to this church today. It is the leftover scars. It's the leftover wounds that as Sometimes leftovers have a negative connotation, but today I'm saying that it is those leftovers that are going to help us reach this world. It's those in this church that are going to help us grow this church and and expand it to many different cities. I believe that is the will of God, and that is the will of God for many of us in this room. I believe God was speaking prophetically into the mission that He came to pass on to us when He said that, Blessed are those who have not seen, but believe. He was saying that, Thomas, because you have seen, now you believe. So you can push on that proof to other people. So that when they maybe are not able to see, through you, they can see and believe. So, today as I not have been long, I'm going to bring this to a close. And I, I want to remind us that this life is... It's not, as you've heard Pastor preach many times, it's not about this life. That there is a mission that we are fighting for. There is a mission that we are pressing for. There, there are people that, that God has, has placed on our hearts for us to reach, and it's time now that we reach them. Pastor, I, I was downstairs earlier, and he was talking about now is the time to get closer to God than we ever have before. Because we don't know what's going to happen next. Next, there could be a headline in the news that we're at a complete war with another country. We're at a complete state of war with, with a, another nation. We don't know what's coming down the road. But there's one thing I know. When I go to prayer, I can find God there. When I, when I go and I open my Bible, I can find words that give me life. And it is not just for me to put that inside me and store it, but it is to pour it out so others can see it and others can feel it. I I didn't go through everything I went through at 21 years old just so that I I could be broken and I could be hurting. It was so I could help those others that are broken and that are hurting. I know there's people in this room that have been broken and hurt by loss and broken and hurt by addiction and pain. But you didn't just go through that so you can be left in a state of pain. You didn't just go through that so you can be left in a state of hurting. It was so now that you can be connected and joined to millions of other people who have been in that same scenario, in that same situation. Jesus didn't just call us so we could go by ourselves to heaven, but He called us to take people with us to preach the gospel to all the nations and all the world. Today, if you would stand, and just think about everything that God has brought you through. Just waking up today, I didn't deserve to to even wake up and take a breath this morning, but Jesus gave that to me. And this message is as simple as it may seem. There is
is just talking about those words in the place to pray. Would you find a place where Jesus can come and he can remind you what he has done for you and what he plans to do for you in this life? Because this life is not about this life. As much as it feels like in this moment this life is about this life, it's not. As much as it feels like this hurt is consuming every part of the world, it's not. Because Jesus is here today for for this church. And I believe that it's time that we understand that it's not to So pray. Pray and let the Lord pour out His love. Pour out that new testament blood that He was talking about. That He was telling His disciples He was going to bring. Telling His disciples that we're going to change and heal. That gospel So that our broken being can change into healing. So that our hurting can be changed into healing. Lord, I ask right now for your will to be done. God, I know there are things that are in this room and there are things I can't imagine. God, but I'm asking today, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit.